ACL Nation, what's going on? It's Michelle Thompson here with Around the ACL, joined by Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione. And we have a little bit of a cornhole hiatus, I feel like, this weekend. There wasn't much cornhole going on. Yeah, you guys were saying, like, you look on social media, there's, like, no live feeds, nothing going on, no events. Like, I feel like this is, like, the last lull that we'll get for the rest of the year, right? Because then when April hits, you have the events in April. I think there's three total. And then May, there's a few. And then June is literally every single weekend, oh. <laughs> July, August. I mean, literally through September, this is like the last lull that we have. So we kind of have to appreciate it. I know. We're going to look back at this episode and be like, remember when we were like complaining about the lack of cornhole? <laughs> uh, I don't want to see another bag by the time, you know, August, September <laughs> rolls around. Yeah, the only thing I got was, you know, was uh, just running around this weekend and then get a little pop-up and it's like, oh, Cheyenne's going live. Oh, let's let's see what's going on right there. And it was uh, looked like a Florida regional and it was her versus Kingsbury. And I'm like, oh, I'm about to watch this match. So it's like with nothing going on this weekend, you're even watching regionals, you know, what's going on yeah. there. And we're desperate. Boards look slick. Boards look, at least that particular lane, they were sliding from, and I'm they're in Florida. They were landing five, level five. I mean, just front of the board and all the way to the hole you could tell so there, there's a technique and there's something you can see in cornhole when the bag cuts to your throwing hand we call it fading or i call it fading and when you're babying a bag when you feel like you have to baby it you don't really get underneath it enough to get like a flat or a uh, um, a tilt to move to your non-throwing hand and you see a lot of bags just kind of fading out to your throwing hand a lot so I was looking for that, and you could tell that they were babying it. Everybody was babying the bag. You're getting full. You get those, like, toilet bowls, you know, where you kind of get, like, a full circle, and you're like, oh, it's slick out there. Like, what's going on right now? But I got a, a few matches. Um, Cheyenne came back and got Kingsbury in that one. I think it was, like, 21-16 or something like that. Wow. Well, that is the kind of board condition she likes, so good good news for <laughs> Cheyenne. <laughs> we talked about that when we interviewed her on Bagging and Bragging, and she talked about – how much she loves those slick boards. Uh, but speaking of the busy season we have ahead, we just want to take a moment to kind of go through some of the events we have coming up. Um, starting with the nationals, you know, we have four nationals in our world championship. Our first one is uh, coming up here in April in Corpus Christi, which is the kickoff battle. Uh, we have Cornhole Mania in Erie, Pennsylvania, the Bag Brawl in Portland, Oregon, Final Chase in Detroit, Michigan, and then, of course, the world championships in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Trey, what can you tell us about our national series? Yeah, for those those familiar, these this is like the this is like the core of the ACL Pro season, right? The the four nationals uh, they make up all the point standings. So all all pros and PDC players will travel out to the nationals. They'll have these tournaments um, national weekend. The, the main headliner events are going to be your pro singles and your pro doubles. Uh, each each of those different events will have four brackets. They're double elimination with the winners of each of the four brackets going on to a single elimination playoff to be named a champion. So that, again, this year is going to be on ESPN Networks. Um, one small change that's being and, – and I actually don't think you guys even know this. You might be hearing this live, uh -oh. right? Okay. Um, one, one small thing that's going to – that we're trying out and testing out uh, for this first event in Corpus Christi is that for a few years now, it's been, um, it's been pro, pro doubles 
to show the two semifinals and the finals with pro singles just getting the finals. This year we're going, or this first event, we're going to try switching it. So that means the final four of pro singles will make it it and just the pro doubles final. And the reason for that is so that the, since pro singles gets done the day before, there's an opportunity to capture content and collect additional content for the broadcast on Saturday. If you have more pro singles match instead of just trying to fit all that content into one. So we're going to try it and see, see if it, see how it does. And if it doesn't work, then we'll go back to the other way it was. <laughs> and see yeah. Yeah. Likes it. So that's, so that's one change. So um, yeah, Friday will be pro singles day. Saturday will be pro doubles day. Um, also teams so separate, on separate broadcasts or are they together? Together. Okay. Together. So, so our normal two hour broadcast for a national event would show now uh, the two pro double semifinals the pro singles final and the pro doubles final for four. Okay. So that'll flip be that. a similar format, but yeah, essentially flip it to have two pro single semifinals. Um, so, so yeah, so that'll be kind of the, you know, the nationals are what counts towards points um, this year with only 250 pros. There are six spots in those brackets available at minimum for PDC players. So those PDC players have guaranteed spots Again, new this year that some people may have forgotten about is that some of these PDC players and, and people may hear us say PDC all the time, Pro Development Cup. It's essentially like kind of the minor leagues for some of these players. Um, uh, the, the PDC spots, they have individual qualifiers now for men, women, seniors, and juniors. So there'll be guaranteed spots for each of one of those different groups. So for example, I'm not sure if we had a female qualify through the PDC last year into a main bracket. That'll change this year because we have specific um, call outs for some of the female players to get in. So, um, you know, that's, that's an exciting, exciting element to add there. So yeah, nationals, uh, four of them, all four, uh, uh, and then the world championships. And then so for pros, their three best national finishes plus their world championship finish counts towards the overall standing. So um, exciting times when it comes to nationals and um, some, some four great locations we'll go to. Yeah. It, it was hard to wait this long. I mean, I think last year, our first national was in February, right? A super, super bowl. Yeah. So yeah. Um, definitely excited to, and, and really excited to have them come, especially for our new rookies. Like Anthony, what do you think about the new rookies coming in the season uh, competing in their first ever national series? Yeah, I, I, so what caught my attention when you were saying there, Trey, was the PDC piece of that. If we go back to last year, you know, we had a couple players like the Gore Twins coming out of that and really threatening the brackets. So I was like, who do we got this year at coming that could come out of that PDC with those five spots, you know, that could threaten that? I was just pulling up a list real quick. I mean, we've got a Vincent Frisch out there, right? He He's still sub-18, so he hasn't been in some – there's been some movement with some promotions, so he's still yeah. true PDC, right? So – he could be a threat. Um, we've seen him have success in the opens, um, maybe coming out and, and blowing up brackets. We're talking about players that aren't, I don't know what we're calling them, but they're not legit 250 pros. They're coming out of the, the development cup and challenging these pros out of the PDC. I think he could do that. There's one name at the top of the list here, and I'm just looking at him. He went in the fifth round, 65th pick to the New, uh, New England Woodchucks. I don't know much about him, but Brent Smith. Do you guys know much about this guy? 
And it, could he threaten the brackets coming out of the PDC? Yeah, there's sometimes when I put out that uh, there's a couple times when I've announced some of the promotions that happen. I get a couple tweets that'll be like, "What's what is Brent Smith doing wrong?" Like, right? So, <laughs> from a PPR perspective, he puts a lot of bags in the hole. I, I just haven't seen him compete at a lot of these big open events, so he hasn't had that opportunity to really shine. But regionally, where he plays, he has a really strong, you know, he has really strong performances. So this is going to be like, you know, Michelle said, looking at towards some rookies and rookie P- PDC at that. This could be an opportunity for him to kind of make a name for himself. Yeah, just looking at uh, it's this is unique. Looking at the PDCs, if we look at the top picks coming out of the drift draft, they were all juniors. You got Vincent uh, Vincent Frisch. He was the first one to go. That was PDC. Adrian Brunson was second. You got Nick Petuski in there at fourth, and you got Brennan Ballard at fifth. And then Brent, it looks like he's a twenty-seven uh, year old mixed in with all these juniors uh, who were the top five picks coming out of the PDC. So. Those are the guys I would think that would possibly blow up a pro bracket coming out of the PDC. Cool. All right. Well, uh, another event we have is our teams event coming up this season. Those are going to be happening at the nationals at the kickoff battle in Texas. We're going to have the aviators versus bully baggers and then the maze versus the coasters at cornhole mania in Pennsylvania. We'll have the high rollers versus the ringers and the burn versus the woodchucks. At the Bag Brawl in Oregon, we'll have the Freeze versus Timber and the Sliders versus Spinners. And then our final chase, uh, which is in Michigan, I believe, uh, is going to be yes. the Marauders versus Slingers. Okay, there's a question mark there. Uh, Marauders versus Slingers and Colonels versus Cutters. So that's what we can look forward to for the teams. Uh, Trey, thought, thoughts about our team uh, battles? Yeah, again, just a refresher. The team's format this year is going to operate pretty much like a normal like NFL or NBA season, right? Each team is going to play 15 games throughout the regular season, and they're kind of played in weeks, right? When you talk about uh, an NFL team, week two of the regular season, week three of the regular season, right? So if you think about it in that same regard, we're going to play three weeks for every national event, okay? So three weeks for every national event, three times four, that's going to give you 12 weeks of your regular season and then each team's three bonus weeks one of them will come on a broadcast and two of them will come on live stream courts throughout the year so as we go into a national event you'll really look on friday we'll kind of have our version of thursday night football or friday night football kick off the weekend with a broadcast kickoff teams as the first event of the weekend so when we go into corpus christi the Texas Bully Baggers are going to have a home game, right? They'll get to play on their home turf against the Ohio Aviators. They'll kick off the weekend going head-to-head on CBS Sportsnet. Then we'll have like the chunk of, of those three weeks happening at the National. Um, we'll have four live stream courts at all the Nationals like we have every year. Each of those four different live stream courts will show this year start to finish a, a team's matchup. So no more jumping back and forth between feeds. You can sit and watch your, your favorite scheduled team on one of those four broadcasts. And that'll happen. Um, you know, that'll happen uh, on every Saturday. So then after all those happen on Sunday, we'll kind of have our Monday night football or Monday night or Sunday afternoon cornhole, right? Where you can, uh, you'll watch the last matchup of the weekend, one of the broadcasts. So, Across the entire regular season, each team going to play each other 15 times. Play every other team, they'll have 15 total um, 
matches on their record, and then only the top eight make the playoffs. So this year, there's so much more on the line because if you don't make the if you don't in the top eight, you're not playing at the World Championships, which is a big stark contrast to what we had this year. So teams is definitely taking a step up. There's going to be eight teams broadcast in the regular season, and then both the semifinals and the finals of the team playoff bracket at the world championships will also be on television. So it's going to be a big year for teams. Yeah. You said at television, I'm just excited about the exposure, how deep the ESPN exposure is going to go into the field. You know, you're going to get 95% or whatever that number is of the field, having their shot at showcasing what they can do on TV. I think that is awesome. And if I go back to last year where we kind of piloted the team program, there was just a really cool vibe and maybe it was just because there was, just the colors in the room. I mean, everyone's going to be coming out in these jerseys, these hats. If you look around the room, you can see the clusters of teams just based on similar jersey colors. And then the, the hey, my match is done. I'm going to go watch my other team's match. Really seeing those players pile into the last match is so cool. So I think, I think it's going to be much improved this year um, and really excited to see. We, we analyzed the draft in depth this year, right? So I, I'm really excited to kind of see the backside of that and go – all right, what were the storylines? Did Jimmy Eumann's team suck like we thought it was going to? Or was he brilliant? Did he really put together a team that none of us really saw coming? Um, the ladies, I feel like, got overlooked, drafted later than I thought. Do they have an impact um, that maybe bumps up the ladies earlier in the draft? Um, a lot of looks at the juniors. I feel like the juniors really got early looks in the draft. Uh, some players that we were like, I don't like it. Do those players actually show out? So I'm really excited to see the backside of that, too. And how the draft turned out um, when it was all said and done. Not to mention trades, free you know free agents, things trades, like that. Trades, yes. Yeah. How did those play out for sure? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you know coming out of that first event, there's going to be someone that cannot wait to get somebody off or on their team. Yeah, absolutely. Heck yeah. Absolutely. Uh, another uh, series we have is our Super Bowl series uh, with eight prelims leading up into the championship, as well as our shootout series, with which also has eight prelims. Those are always grouped together. Uh, th- this is obviously really fun. We had our first one over there in Arizona. Trey, what can you tell us about the Super Bowl and shootout series? Yeah, the, the really excited for Super Bowl this year. Again, this one is going to be on ESPN Networks again. And I uh, really like the one-two combo of the one-hour Super Bowl paired with the one-hour uh, shootout um, to really give like both viewers at home and then viewers in venues an opportunity to see kind of both, right? I get to see you know, these celebrities as well as, as some of our uh, great professionals. So um, it's going to be a lot of fun. And this year, really, we're going for some some themes with Super Bowl, right? We're trying to keep it um, – each each individual Super Bowl is going to have its own identity, if you will, like something okay. that people can, can tune in and watch. Like the first one was kind of a baseball versus football vibe. Um, and it's going to be cool because some people are going to love some of them and some people are just not going to stand them because it's just they're all going to touch different demographics. Like one of them – we're already trying to prepare like an influencer super hole. So it's going to be like, you know, all the juniors, the oh, 15 yeah, yeah. to 19 year olds, they're going <laughs> to love it. Right. Yeah. And the guys that are like 55, 60 years old are going to be like, who, who the in the world they? is this guy? <laughs> right. I mean, some of them may never have been on TV, but they've just dominated the TikTok in real space. You know, we have one that's going to be all us Olympic athletes. And I can't go into much detail there, but like us Olympians, gold medalists, 
all coming in to compete um, is going to be really cool. We're putting trying to put together a really special one that's music, you know, music related, you know, um, hip hop artists all kind of coming together to, to put together a, a, a really cool one. We'll see if we can get that one across the finish line. Um, but it's, uh, it, you know, that's exciting. We'll have some country music bands coming out to compete um, in some of our later events. So, and then there's just, just like a great mix, right? Football stars, um, you know, influencers from, from, from media and social media. I mean, there's just a really cool, what, the big theme this year is really trying to grab stars from different parts of the community, right? And different parts of, of the, uh, the, the entertainment world. I shouldn't even say sports anymore because, you know, so much, you know, people are going to look for the best athletes, but it's so much now about trying to reach the different demographics and, and draw in new audiences. I think that's what's going to make Super Bowl really special this year. And we just already had one winner uh, in, in um, you know, Justin Turner, and he's going to, we're going to see if he can come out and, um, you know, and, and have a good finish to the year and maybe has a spot to, uh, to, to fill in if he's got a little gap in his schedule um, to, to come out and compete at the championship. So uh, to be determined on that front. Hey, Trey, when, this, when, yeah, when yeah. this all first started, I suspect it was like chasing celebrities. Like, hey, we do this thing. Well, what is this thing? Is there enough word out there yet or enough exposure where now it's reversed? Do we have celebrities coming to us saying, I want to be a part of that? Yeah, certainly. And it depends on what your, your level of celebrity is, right? You're still your top guys. You still need to be the one reaching out, but more and more yeah. people are looking to get involved. And it's not so much the it's the ask. It just, it makes the ask easier now, right? Because so many times when you look back to that first Super Bowl event, you were talking about Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones, and you were, you were trying to put into words what you were trying to do, but you had no, like, historical basis to, to do anything. Cool. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just trust me. Right. Whereas now, <laughs> whereas now like we can look back and tell these celebrities, look last year, Jersey shore filmed almost half their entire season surrounding this event. When you look at what happened with Mike, the situation, we had Jay Cutler, we had Doug Flutie, we had Don Staley, Ben Rector. We had all the, and, and, and we did, we're able to pick, from these different, you know, different parts of the world. I mean, even look at someone like Callie Bundy and how much she's yeah. gravitated to cornhole. It's, it's a, it's a, someone that is an influencer that a ton of the cornhole community wasn't familiar with, but now she's like such an advocate for cornhole. You love seeing her on social media and she's very positive in that regard. So, um, so yeah, there is a, uh, there, it's just a different, it makes the conversation, I guess easier when you go to a lot of these different celebrities trying to get, um, you know, and you try to get them to compete in this because now you have something to show them that makes it really special. Speaking of Callie and I caught her, I think it was her a little bit late. I, I think I saw her in the stands in Arizona, yep. but that was her, right? Did yes. she just come out on her own or was she there for something? Well, she was kind of there shooting the week and she was kind of being an influencer for the weekend of Super Bowl and, um, the waste management open. She went to both. Oh, okay. So when okay. she found out we were doing something, she's like, I got to go, right? I'm here. I got to go. So, uh, so she got on the list. Yeah. It was, it was cool to see her again. That's cool. I like the contrast too, of like the super hole is fun. Uh, you know, Anthony, you talked about how diff different it is to commentate or broadcast on it. And then you have the very serious shootout where there's big money to be made. So 
people really wanting to secure their spot there and having those be on the same broadcast. <laughs> two different, two different things. Yeah. <laughs> two yeah. completely different things. Um, but yeah, Anthony, can you talk at all about kind of that contrast of those two events? Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, it, it is a, a true contrast. I mean, you, you got to take your, all the analysis, throw it out the window and just have fun, you know, just, just talk about what you're seeing and, and kind of be more like Trey told me right before I went on, went live. He said, just be a fan, you know, just have fun with it. And that's kind of what you do. You just join everybody else in, in that. And then you switch to the shootout and it gets serious real quick, because like you said, there's a lot of money on the line. And in that case, it built up, you know, it built up for a month and a half or so. And we were all anticipating those matches. Um, Trey, are you able to disclose any celebrities that we might see moving forward? Or is there anything kind of locked up? Um, hmm. oh, we do have some locked up, but I would not want to. I don't want. I don't want to. Dis- I don't want. I don't want to. What about because, the attributes? Yeah, attributes, I mean, a little resume. Like, like I said, I mean, yeah, you're gonna get your. The thing is, you're looking for people that can bring a lot of energy, and you can look for people that are going to, like I said, kind of fit these themes. And there's a lot of. The, the cool thing is like for each for a lot of these, we have a home run ask and we have a, you know, a plan B ask, right? Because a lot of, if you want a home run celebrity, you have to be willing to work almost kind of around them. Right. And so there's going to be some where you kind of, you know, you're shooting, you shoot for the moon and, and others that you kind of, you know, try, you're trying different aspects and different elements. Right. I will say for Topeka, if our plan A comes through, which is it's looking Less than less. I mean, it, 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 it probably a little bit less than fifty percent chance. But if this um, man, if this comes through, it's like we're talking a list level level hip hop artist. Oh, oh, competing. okay. Like so, and that'll <laughs> be we're shooting for Topeka. Um, but and and I'll also say this: there's a certain nfl team that wants to compete throughout the season to like a group of all from the same nfl team so like there's a couple like that where it's it's you're trying to find the right fit for all of them and it's it'll be fun any nba is there any nba in there yeah what's with the nba the so the nba is tough because we're right in the middle of their season so it would it would look closer to yeah you have to be after june kind of in a way um so there's not a ton of time after the month of june in which you have that space available so it's possible it's just it's just tough the last yeah probably the last shootout or two i think there's one or two in july that we could squeeze yeah it's like football and basketball are the opposite football players you can get in the prelims but getting them to go to the championship is yeah. very difficult. That's Whereas hard, the NBA yeah. players, it's very hard to get them to go to the prelims. But if you're like, hey, can you come to the championship? It's a different story. All right. So we just need some retired NBA players. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, it's going to be an exciting season. Uh, can't wait to kick it off there in uh, Texas next month. We also have some news around the league, some stuff that happened this past weekend, um, mostly some teams transactions and some partner swaps. Uh, Matt Morton did get picked up by the Missouri Mays where they dropped Lowen Reams. Ken Smith Jr. picked up by the Georgia Sliders and they dropped Kevin Nellis. Um, so already seeing these teams transactions before it's even starting, um, which you know, I'm curious to know, why that's happening like it does seem odd to see these kind of drops and pickups when 
the season hasn't really begun. I don't know. What do you think, Trey? Yeah, I think mostly it was one of those things where these additions were made because someone has chose to kind of take a step back and drop down to PDC, both in the case of Reams and in Nellis. So that was, I think, kind of the the opportunity there. Or someone in the PDC, I think in Reams' case, may have been, not been able to commit to going to all the national events. So it kind of just set them back a little bit. Um, now, I, what I will say is I think there's a really interesting storyline around these Missouri Mays. Um and it's with this addition of Matt Morton. And part of the reason I think it's going to be one of the interesting storylines is we know how good Matt Morton used to be. I mean, we're talking about a, excuse me, a four-time ACL title winner, someone that in the year 2020 was, you know, 1B or number two to Jamie Graham, who had this absolutely dominant season. And... <clears throat> we talked about Matt Morton being kind of the next great player. And over the years, he just hasn't quite lived up to that level of expectation. But the storyline rests with the fact that the day or two after the draft, Matt Morton was released by the Carolina Coasters. And he was at, and they, they wanted to pick up somebody different. And I know behind the scenes that Morton felt slighted by that because he felt like, in a lot of cases, teams towards the end of the draft were looking for cohesion. They were looking for the opportunity of, if I draft this guy, I can draft this other guy with them, right? But they felt, based on where Morton was drafted, he wasn't a last-round pick, right? Where Morton was drafted, he was taking away the ability to be paired up with a team or a team wanting to go get him that may have wanted him in that spot because they may have had a good pairing for him, right? But once he was released, in a way, these teams looked at each other and said, look, I like Matt Morton, but then I have to go out and, and say to a guy, a different guy that I drafted, you're not the guy, right? I gotta, I'm going to pick up Matt in your place instead. And I think a lot of teams were hesitant to do that. And so because of that, Morton kind of felt like on the outs. But he has now been picked up by the Missouri Mays. Here's your fun fact. Who do the Missouri Mays play at the first national event on TV? The Carolina Coasters. <laughs> so Matt Morton, if he's put in that starting lineup, has a chance to directly get some level of vengeance against the team that, in his mind, kind of slighted him by, draft, by dropping him right after the draft. What's crazy is, does he even make the TV cut? You know, I, 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 I don't think it's a shoe-in, man. I mean, we've seen Matt Morton just change over time. And I, I don't remember if it was a Twitter or something, but we got on the topic of his technique. And I really want to go back and look at his old technique and compare it to now, but I know his new technique, and it is tough to be consistent. You cannot come with a forward swing with a bent arm condition. And that's what he does. I just want to go over and, like, straighten his arm out you know like get that elbow locked man because very rarely do you see an elite level even any pro not even elite come through without a straight arm and he is bent coming through there and that is tough that is tough to stay consistent so i wouldn't be surprised yeah. if he doesn't even make the 14 man cut to go on tv so uh, let's let's go through the names right windsor herrera fuentes bernaset cano walker jones matthew troxel they're, they're top-round picks. We can't even consider yeah, them, right? Yeah. 
Tony Mayball has been throwing lights out. I've been watching him. He's been he's not going to sit him. Lexi Hugeback. She's been fighting injuries. You know, maybe yeah. there, maybe there's he. She's going through a lot of like you know back stuff, stuff like that. So maybe there's Morton's chance to get in on someone else's injury. Brandon Brown, Rob Vajinoff, Emily Downer, Austin Renard, and Curtis Kearns. So That's he's got to. You got to put two mm-hmm. guys. There's got to be two guys that you sit, or two two one could be a female. You know, two people that you got to sit in order to get there. Hmm. That's tough. Yeah. You listed off all players that are maybe Kearns, maybe. But all those other players are playing better. I mean, they're getting better every day. Maybe a hurt, a huge back or a Kearns, you know, who's just off his game uh, is his only shot in. So, I don't know. It's crazy to say, but it's going to be tough. Also, some partner swaps that happened. We had uh, the Holland father-son team split, and Josh Holland went with Nate Voyer with Derek Holland going with crazy. Justin Rule. That is crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, the only thing that I can – Yeah, the only thing I can – I'm kind of piecing this together, but I'm assuming when Josh wanted to go back to Cornhole Scenario um, – that Derek Holland was like, I'm making, you know, I got a good sponsorship deal right now with AAR. I'm not screwing that up. And so it was like, well, what do we do? And so I think kind of based on the bag sponsorship, they eventually just had to find new partners. Um, That's the only thing I can really, really put together. And, you know, when you look at the cornhole scenario team, uh, I think Nate Voyer was like, Hey, I'm available. You know, that, I mean, <laughs> or I'm going to become um, available. He wasn't available, <laughs> right? Right, exactly. Um, luckily, you know, Kevin Smith was able to to pair up with a promoted Chris Day, so I think all that partner got alleviated in in, in that regard. But yeah, just weird. I mean, Justin Rule with Derek Holland, Nate Voyer, Josh Holland. It's I know Nate didn't like when I used the term weird, but it is kind of weird. It's just it's. Um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I think, um, obviously it's a huge win for Justin rule. It's a huge win for Nate Boyer. They, they're the winners in both of those regards. I mean, there's oh, yeah. no, oh, yeah. there's no surprise that Josh Holland and Derek Holland together are great separate. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, they're, they're both elite level players, but I, I, I think you're, you're losing a little bit of ce- You're not a little bit, you're losing ceiling here when you, when you, when you don't pair, with the other, you know, the other half. So uh, just very interested to see what the ultimate upside is here. Yeah. Are there one of these teams in your top 10? No. The Hollands. I mean, the Hollands were, yeah, were a Hollands top were. 10 doubles team and now it's gone. It's just gone. gone. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Neither one, neither one would be in my top 10. And I mean, that's sorry. I just, I, I, I don't know. I mean, rule rule can, is, I mean, I guess Voyer too. They're both up and down. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if they make a final three or a final four of a bracket at a particular national. Um, but for them to do that on a consistent basis, it would surprise me. I don't know. Crazy. Yeah, that was All right. Crazy. Well, we're going to move into buy or sell next. I'm going to read some uh, lines here, and you guys tell me if you're going to buy or sell. The first one being Alex Hicks will make a national broadcast this year. Buy or sell. Yeah, I, there's no surprise what Anthony's doing here. Um, but yeah. I would, um, you know, 
he makes a national broadcast this year. He's made some Final Fours at Opens. I'm going to buy it this year. And the, the reason I'm going to buy it is because I think now this year, what's different than last year is he has a legitimate shot to also do it in doubles, Boom. which he Bingo. didn't have last year. So okay. I'm no longer – if you told me if this question was worded singles, I would sell it because it's – it's yep. my, my odds are my odds are tough. But now I'm getting double that, that, that odds. I'm going to buy it. Anthony? Nailed it. Uh, what is that? Ten shots, right? Anytime a player has a shot at, to get in on singles and doubles, finished top 15, 16 player in the league last year, and is showing that they're killing it in the opens coming into the um, you know into the uh, pro pro season. Of course, I, I think there's a shot, absolutely. And I think Alex Hicks is one of those players. He fits all those categories. So five shots at doubles, five shots at singles. He's got ten shots at it, and, and he's definitely got the skill to do it with a strong doubles partner. The Texas Bullybaggers will capitalize on home field advantage in the first team's broadcast of the season by yourself. Yeah, capitalizes. It just depends on how much you buy into the word capitalize. Does that mean they win? Does that mean they dominate? <laughs> it's, I think it's purposely vague. So, I mean, yeah, I think I think it's going to give them home field advantage. I, it, look, put this out as a challenge to Texas. All I hear out of Texas, all I see on social media is that how everybody outside of Texas is too quiet. They don't. They don't value cornhole Did in they the not same way the that Texas does. Championships with South Carolina. All, all I hear about is how rowdy the crowd in Texas is. Okay, well, this is your opportunity to show that, right? I I fully expect. I fully expect to walk into that building on that team's broadcast, and it'd be absolutely bonkers bananas. And if it's not, well, then they lied, right? So Why they lied. If it's bonk, if it's bonk, Look what it did for South Carolina at the championship, Michelle. I honestly believe that Oklahoma State at times you could argue was just as good, if not a better team in some instances. But I'm telling you, I mean, Avery Snipes was throwing four baggers purely on adrenaline from that crowd. (laughs) Right? So I say we see the same level of of excitement and the same effect when Texas plays at home. So I'm going to buy it. Anthony? Who do they play again? Ohio Aviators, so that would be Ohio Almanza, Birchfield, and remember the Aviators. They just stole Carson Getty and Gabe Gabe Dolan. Remember that because they traded two for one Gabe Dolan, Carson Getty for Jeremy Shermerhorn, which is like the Aviators are now like, thank you, (laughs) big come up, (laughs) thank you, thank you very much. I have the Aviators and the Bully Baggers dead even, so. That could be the factor. You have, I think you have six Texas players on the Texas Bully Bagger team. So that's six of 14 is pretty heavy. Plus you're in a home state with an equally leveled uh, opponents. I- I'm going to buy it. I think that could be the factor for okay. sure. You'd take the open winners from this season so far over the field to win singles at the first national. So that's Graham, Ryan, Windsor, Rawls, Hamilton, Getty, Rawls. Two Rawls. Yeah, um, this is tough. I rack my brain now and now and again, and I'm going to actually sell it because I think there's a, a the number of people that I get on the opposite side of it. Yes, you're going to get Alex Rawls. Yes, you're going to get Fisher Hamilton. Yes, you got Jamie Graham if I buy it, but I don't get Mark Richards. I don't get some of these other elite level baggers. A lot of number. I, I get a numbers game on the other end, right? So 
I'm going to sell it and say we're going to have someone else come and win with his first national. Okay. Anthony? Yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, you said it. I don't get Mark Richards, but the other, the really the big ones for me, and they always seem to come out really hot at the beginning. You don't get Matt Guy. You don't get Kyle Malone right now, who's really hot and seems to always come out at the first national and kill it. So throw in a Tony Smith. You don't get that. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's uh, – what was it? Buy or sell me? How did it go? Yeah. Yeah, so you're going to sell. I'm selling. I'm selling. Okay. Matt Guy is currently being underrated. It's just it's an absolutely outrageous statement, is it not? I mean, it's just, just a Ooh. stupid, yeah. just a stupid statement. That? that is that is true. I'm gonna buy it. Like I just don't I even. Know. Clear. It doesn't make any this. sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But it's it's what's happening right now. I just watched the guy on a live feed throw 96 bags in a row or something like that, or 96 out of 100 or whatever the yep. hell it was, right? And I bet if you asked a hundred people that are diehard ACL fans. How many are going to pick Matt Guy to win the first national, Anthony? How many? I mean, I don't think it's more than five, ten. Yeah, right. Yep. I mean, everybody's going to be going yeah. through the, the – the, I mean, I put my power rankings together, and, and I'm like, where am I putting Matt Guy on this, right? I almost wanted to leave him outside the top ten. That was how much I wasn't thinking about him, right? <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. Underrated. Buy it. Absolutely. Yeah, he's underrated. Yeah. I, think it's, I think it's one of those situations where – the guy is so damn dominant that if he's not winning every tournament, you think he sucks. Yeah, and it's not <laughs> he the case. The bar too high. <laughs> the guy, the guy is if he's not in, if he's not in your top ten list, your top top ten list is wrong. He's he's he'll be the first one entered in any kind of Hall of Fame. I mean, he is the true goat. If we talk about goats, you know, we're talking about all time. A guy who's been competing at this game for twenty five years. Show me somebody who's been doing that at a high level as long as he has. Leading, you know, tied for the list of, of all titles, Un underrated for sure. This guy's going to come out and he's going to be a constant threat. Yes, we don't like the decisions he's making in his game, but the fact that he's still a top three, top four player making poor decisions, just wait for him to make good decisions and he's going to take over. It's crazy. Jordan Power is a favorite to repeat as ACL Canada Open Singles Champ. Yeah, I mean, we got Canada coming up in a couple of weeks here. So Canada will be like a, you know, he's got a chance to win win that singles event. But I looked at the roster. Who do you got? Give I me some people. I, Anybody. I, I don't know. I just, let me, let me actually, you want me to pull it up here? Hold, hold, please. Go, let, uh, no, I'll say I'm going to sell it. And the reason I'm going to sell it is I just, I don't like what I'm seeing from Jordan Power right now. I think he'll get there. I think he's on his way to becoming a dominant level player again. I don't know if it's the bags, but he just hasn't gotten there yet. So here's some players completing in the, in the open. We have uh, Jimmy humans, Bella, Joe Neistat, uh Yeti, Jeremy Shermerhorn, um, Sell it. Eric Hauser, Timmy <laughs> Jonas, Danny seals, like Mike Ferreira, storm Hogue. So, I mean, it's not going to be as easy this year, but like, I don't know. I don't, I haven't seen the elite Jordan Power just yet. That's exactly it. I, I, I love watching Jordan Power matches. I like the guy a lot. Um, he's just not there yet, you know, uh, or, or back there. I feel like he was there. It was weird. At the beginning of last year, it was like maybe a top 10 guy, and then it just didn't happen. Um, now he's one of those guys that's got grit, and he's grinding. I mean, at any moment, he could start making moves, but for right now, 
it's just it's not there to, to go out and win an open with that roster. Prove me uh, wrong, Jordan Power, please. Yeah. Oh, I'm please. sure he's going to have something to say about it. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's get into the uh, your singles power rankings. Uh, Trey, we'll start with you. Who do you got? Yeah, all right. So this is this is our last power rankings before the first national event. We won't do these again. So this is also I'm putting a I'm putting a call out out there. This is the last time I'm giving any benefit to people that were good last year that may have had not elite had elite starts to this season. And then I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. It's the last chance, right? Fair enough. So number one, I got Alex Rawls. Number two player in the world last year. He's playing. I think he's the best player in the world right now. Alex Rawls. There are times when he's, some people are a little bit better. Sometimes he's not winning the whole thing, but the dude, you look at what he's won already this season. I mean, he's, he's, he's the best player in the world. Number two, Mark Richards. I think at times, you know, I, I, I think over the past 18 months, he's been the best player in the world. And right now he's dipped from number one to number two. So he's not, he's not, he's, he's not in a slump. It's just Alex Rawls, I think, at this current time is playing better. This is where I start getting a little crazy. Um, please, please get crazy because we're matching one, two. And this is how we this is how we roll, Trey. Give me something different for three. And I don't know if it's crazy, but this is a person I've been waiting and waiting and waiting to make a splash, and they finally finished. So I got Devin Harbaugh, Harbaugh. at number three. Okay. So Devin Harbaugh is my number three. Number four is somebody that I really wanted to push down. I just I'm giving them one more spot to stay this high in my rankings, and that's Jamie Graham. Okay, I think there are other players that have had some some better highs, and I could argue that he's not necessarily playing as good as some of these other players coming into the first event. But what I'm telling you, it almost doesn't matter because when it comes national time and it comes to these big pro events. Jamie Graham shows up. It's just what he does. So I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, leaving him at four. Number five, someone that I still has a, think has a finishing problem, but time and time again over these past six months has shown that he's going to be there at the end. It's Tony Smith. Okay, I really think he's going to be an elite-level player again this season. Number six, I keep going back and forth between six and seven. I'm going to stick with this ranking. I have the first rookie. I have Fisher Hamilton at six someone that I think is going to be the heavy favorite to win Rookie of the Year. Yes, I know Ryan Wiedenfeld just won a doubles event, but I think Hamilton has more staying power on the singles side to keep him that high. Number seven, Kyle Malone. Like I said, I think you could easily flip-flop Kyle Malone and Fisher Hamilton. The only thing keeping um, Kyle Malone back right now is just the ability to do it for an entire season. Right now, if the, you know – I think I'm almost contradicting myself in these rankings and I should be putting Kyle Malone where Jamie Graham is. And that's really the flip I want to make. I'm just a little bit hesitant going into this first national to take Kyle from someone that's top 10 into top five. The guy that I just said was underrated at number eight. I got Matt guy, right? I'm sorry. I'm not leaving Matt guy out of the top 10. I'm not doing it. Right. Yeah. And I know, I know that Alex Hicks has beaten that guy a couple times here. And I have Alex Hicks at nine. I have Alex Hicks in my top 10. Anthony will like that. Oh. So I have Hicks jumping into the top 10. I still have Guy ahead of Hicks because I know when it becomes a huge tournament, Guy is going to show up. I don't know if I've seen that just yet from Hicks. People say, oh, look at all the opens. Look at everything he's done. There's a mentality difference between a national 
and an open. So big time, I'm going to go Matt Guidi. Before you go 10, before you go 10, we have all the same. So give me something different. Give me something different. We have all the same. We have all the same, not in the same order. They're super close, but we have all the same first nine. I, I don't have probably anything exciting here. This is a person that I know is a top 10 player in the world, and I just had to I had to keep him in there, and that's Tanner Halbert. All right, cool. He was my 11. We got something different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, this is getting ridiculous at this point. It's dumb. Yeah, so we match up one, two. I go Rawls, Richards. Same reasonings you were saying. I think Alex Rawls is showing he's the best player in the world. This is the first time I put him at number one. We've done this thing a number of times. He's always been like two or three. Uh, so that goes one, two. I had Matt Guy. I still think is Matt Guy. I mean, you said it. He hit like 98 out of 100 shots or something. He did a little airmail thing. Missed like, I don't know, like 34 of 36 the other day. It's Matt freaking Guy. So I have him at number three. Um, that's really the biggest difference in our ranks. You had Harbaugh at number three. I went Harbaugh four. You went three, I went four. Um, my number five, we match. Tony Smith, Tony Smith, the same reasonings. I did move Jamie Graham down the list as well. He's been my number one all season. I moved him to six for the same exact reasonings that you have. We both moved him down. Uh, we almost matched with Fisher Hamilton. You went six, I went seven. You said you could flip-flop Hamilton Malone. That was literally my, my thought process. So I have... Hamilton, then Malone, seven, eight. I could flip-flop them as well. Uh, my number nine, I actually pulled in. This is our only difference. I pulled in Ryan Windsor, man. He is consistently, and I'm looking at opens right now just to foreshadow some stuff. The guy is winning brackets. If he's not winning brackets, he's finishing second. You know, he's just, he's just showing that he could come into a national and get it done. And then my number 10 was your number nine, Alex Hicks. Still barely making the cut there. All right. Yeah, I, 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 I just notable people that I kicked out. Right, if you look at the yeah. rankings, like like look at last year, right, or people necessarily that I didn't necessarily kick out, but I left out. I like I said, I left out Ryan Wiedenfeld. I think I just need to see a little bit more from him on the single side before I can buy him in there. But I don't have Josh Holland. I think what Josh Holland's gone through this so far has been a mess. So I'm just. I'm just saying, look, you, Josh, you got to come back in and reprove it because I don't know what the hell is going on with you this this year, buddy. I mean, I well, just don't know. Well, he's got his bags so. back, right? So that should uh, supposedly change things. Exactly. Noah Almanza, I've seen flashes of, right? But I didn't see that. I haven't seen the same dominant player. I mean, this time last year, we talked about him. If just he's already won an open event going into his rookie season, we haven't seen that same level of do dominance. So he's creeping down a little bit. Um, also, Eric Davis, not in that list. I think he easily could get there, but again, just haven't seen that same level of consistency. There are just some players who have been more consistent uh, on that front. So, um, but but man, I think some some interesting guys and and some some interesting names to watch. I mean, obviously, you had Ryan Windsor; he's close. I think Noah Wooten's not too far off, but based on what. He's been doing recently. I shoot. I think Alan Rawls could be close to that conversation. Carson Getty Ooh. with their consistency on what they're doing. Easy, is, easy is easy. is. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I just it, they're they're close. So um, a lot a lot of interesting names there. Yeah, same thing, Trey. Uh, Tanner was my number two. He's out. He's at like twelve thirteen. Josh Holland was my number nine last time. He fell out. Um, the only one you didn't mention, Noah Wooten. I feel like. 
He's winning brackets. He's second in brackets. He's just showing showing so much dominance. I have him right outside, along with the names you mentioned, plus a JBJ. I think that he might be right outside of top 10 as well. All right. Trey, you got a hot take for us? Um, yeah, I, I can, uh, I, I can put one together, but, um, no, I, I kind of have one. So I think, <laughs> okay. uh, and it's not, it's not that hot of a take, I guess. Um, but based on my list that I put together, um, I think this, this will remain, I think at the end of the season, when, when all is said and done, we have four players in the top 10 from the state of Florida. Wow. Oh. So that would like be that. Alex Rawls, Fisher Hamilton, Kyle Malone, and Tanner Halbert. So, okay. I mean, those – I think four from one state. I mean, yes, it's the most dominant state, but I still That's think – that, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. What you got, Anthony? All right, the next time he's in a tournament, whether it's an open or if he doesn't show up until national one, he's going to win singles. That's Matt Guy. He's due. He is due to win something. He's due. My hot take. Wow. Yes. Wow. Wow. Okay. Should it be a the hot take? By the way? Do you yeah, remember? Under- yeah, I remember last season when we're like, Matt Guy's never going to lose again. That's it. He's I winning know. every single thing. I visibly remember. I, I vividly remember we said he wins three. Do we? Do we? Does he win three out of four? Yeah. Like legit. Isn't that crazy? Uh, all right, and mine is um, that now that the Hollands have uh, split, the Ryans become the new Hollands, right? The father, dad, or the father, son, wow. duo, dominant. So let's that's, go, Ryan. I like that. They they have that. They have that. They have it. Life. They can do yep. it. All right, that's all we got time for. Uh, we will see you guys all next time. Thanks for tuning in.